0: Well, months ago, I was studying and reading the Psalms and came across Psalms 11.3, and it stood out to me. It, It just gripped my heart, and the Spirit seemed to speak to me that this is the next subject you're going to speak on when you have the opportunity to do so. Psalms 11 was written by David to the chief musician and was written at a time of great crisis, just like the kind of crisis we're facing today, perhaps. It seems like everything today has been turned upside down and shaken by the coronavirus. And now then we have the, the uprising amongst our people. The interesting thing is that God had laid the foundation that David is talking about here. Let's read Psalms 11.3 before we continue on. It certainly speaks to the day in which we live. This very moment as we look all around us. If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do when everything is being taken away? It's being shredded. It's being pulled out from under us. What can the righteous do? Now, there's a question here that needs to be answered, and it will be answered as we progress in the message this morning. The foundation that God had given Israel and that they were to build upon was the law of Moses that which pertained to how the nation was to approach God in their worship of him. This was the vertical condition or direction that they were told to follow, their worship of him, how they were to approach him. The law also had a horizontal direction which dealt with man's actions in relation to his fellow man. Society is built upon laws and norms where that people can dwell together, and when problems arise, there is the position given and the law given where that we can reconcile wrongs and make things right. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, if you read that, and the thing about us as we look at this scripture this morning, as you strike a line between Israel and with the United States, it's quite chilling to understand that what happened to them and the road that they took is the same thing that is happening today in our society. After they came into the land of Israel, the law was again given, and Moses was reading this to them, and here's what he says in the first few verses. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth, and all these things shall be shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then you read down in there's blessings. God would bless them in every area of their life. He would withhold nothing from them if they would follow His commandments, which was meant to be good for those in the nation of Israel. No other country, no other nation had these given to them. God chose them to give them these commandments. If you drop down to verse 7, the enemies of Israel would not defeat them. They were invincible as long as they followed God and His precepts. If they stayed true to His word, God said He would open to them His good treasure. He would hold nothing back which would bless them. Then God gives a condition, a binding condition upon Israel. There was a code of conduct required if they were going to be blessed. Now, remember at the beginning, Israel said, whatever the Lord requires, we will do. Verse 15 says, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, here comes the condition that God laid out before them. If you're not careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. They had a choice. God gives man the opportunity to choose one of two things, either to do it his way and be blessed are to do it man's way and follow the consequences of casting God aside and doing his own thing. In Psalms 82.5, this is reading from the Amplified Bible, the magistrates and judges know not, neither will they understand. They walk in the darkness of complacent satisfaction All the foundations of the earth, the established principles on which rests the administration of justice, are shaken. What we're seeing today is the world, our our nation. Let's bring it down to where we are. The world's also doing, going through the same process. But bring it down to our nation. We are seeing the foundations destroyed because we have removed ourselves from that which God has given us. And you start reading the history of our country and how that they took God's word and they formulated our constitution and our laws according to God's word. And we have cast them aside and we're doing the same thing that Israel was doing. These that are to govern, understand the laws and make sure that laws are carried out in a right manner. God told Israel that those that were in charge Walk in darkness of complacent satisfaction. All the foundations of the earth, the fundamental principles on which rest the administration of justice are shaken. Why? Because they had laid aside God's word. When the principle of just rule, which came and comes by the word of God, are cast aside by the judges, this gave those in power free reign to destroy the righteous. Those in power had the courts in David's time, in the palm of their hands, and the foundation of law had been destroyed by the courts. Now, take note here, because this is important. The erosion and rot started at the top of those who handled the law. This would cover the horizontal aspect of the law, with man dealing with man, man's interaction with man. As we look at our country, the laws that have been instituted and laid down. The Supreme Court has given a woman the constitutional right to kill her unborn baby. They removed the Ten Commandments from the public schools with a remark, if the posted copies of the Ten Commandments are to have any effect at all, it will be to induce the school children to read, meditate upon, perhaps to venerate and obey the commandments, then they made this comment. However, desirable this might be as a matter of private. Notice that they're taking God out of the public square and what you do in private is where it's appropriate to have God's word shared or to have the Ten Commandments posted. He says that in the minds of these people, God must be confined to private devotion. It is not a permissible state objective under the Establishment Clause of the Constitution. Otherwise, if these children read the Ten Commandments and they begin to meditate upon them and God begins to talk to their hearts, they might actually follow the Ten Commandments. The end result of prohibiting God's laws from the classroom has been a tragedy that we have all been witness to. We have had given to us through the TV and in the newspapers And we've seen, we've viewed the reports where bloodshed and carnage have resulted because God and His Word are prohibited from the public square. Proverbs 29.1 says, He who, being often reproved, hardens his neck. Shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy, I don't know where we are in this program today, folks. We know that Jesus said that when these things begin to come to pass, when you see all of these events, the pestilences the the violence, the wars, all of the moral corruption, the filth that's going all around going on all around us, he says, when you see this, it will be as the days of Noah, then look up because your redemption is coming nigh. I want to Now think about what has taken place. We've seen what's taken place in in the realm of justice and the rule over society. It's been completely turned upside down. But I want us to now turn to the spiritual realm. This is where it gets quite dismal because this is concerning the state of the church. Malachi 2, 7-9 states this, For the priest's lips should guard and keep pure the knowledge of my law and the people should seek inquire for and require instruction at his mouth for he is the messenger of God the people that are hearing the priests or the the pastors the preachers should inquire and require there's there's work to have the accountability of those that bring the messages to us to speak the truth in God's word But here's what he says in verse 8. But you, the priests, have turned aside out of the way and have caused many to stumble by your instructions in the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi with me, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you despised and abased before all the people inasmuch as you have not kept my ways, but have shown favoritism to persons in your administration, And of the law, what a charge that we have in our day, the church age against the church. If we would take this back to when God gave the words to Malachi, he would be addressing the pastors and the preachers. You know, I have deep emotions whenever I read some of the things that are coming forth from preachers, from theologians. I have one of deep sorrow, and then I have one of great anger because they are corrupting the Word of God. The foundation becomes insecure and shaken when we remove the truth of God's inerrant Word and replace His Word with man's worthless ideas. You know, I want to be of such a mind and such a state that if I am teaching something that isn't correct and some saint of God, sees that it, this is not what God's Word is teaching, comes to me, I want to have the attitude and the, the kind of heart which I can acknowledge that I'm not teaching God's Word. I want to be able to thank that individual and to ask God to correct and give me right understanding and right words. The foundations become insecure and shaken when we remove the truth of God's inerrant word and replace his word with man's worthless ideas. Deuteronomy 4, 2 warns, he says, that you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it. We are having people today that's taking the word of God and they are deleting what they don't like and they are inserting what they like and what they think God ought to have said in the beginning. Romans 1.25 tells us that they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And this is what some seminaries are doing today. This is what some seminaries are teaching those men and those women that are coming to them. They are saying that the Scriptures are nothing but man-written myth. And so these people come from these seminaries. They get their certificates, their diplomas, and they're sent out to pastor churches and teach and what have you. They are exchanging the truth of God for a lie. God says, you shall not add, neither shall you take away. Well, they're doing both of these things. Malachi 2.7 says, for the priest's lips should guard and keep pure the knowledge of my law. We that teach God's word are to know what God's word is saying comparing scripture with scripture and we're not to propagate false teaching. And then it tells us that the people should seek, inquire for, and require instruction at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts, the Amplified Bible. There's far too many that are teaching falsehood from the pulpits in Sunday school classes and what have you. They do not teach the full counsel of the Lord. Did you know there's churches today that have never opened God's word to the prophetic writings that he's given us? People are hungry. There's a... Prophetic writings are almost one-third of all of God's Word to us. And if you're not teaching the prophetic utterances of the prophets and expounding on those things, you are taking from God's Word, you're withholding from God's people that which He would have us to understand. Now, there's a question being asked by many inside the church as well as the man on the street. What is truth? That's what Pilate asked Jesus. What is truth? Men and women are hungry to understand truth, but some of them have heard so many various ideas of what God's Word is about that they no longer know what truth is. And we need to be able to answer that from the pulpit and from teaching classrooms. Let me just give you an example. And when I read of this account, I became very angry. The incoming Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell made this statement. He is the one that's going to take over the leadership of the Anglican church on July, I believe it's, no, maybe it's June 9th, 2020. It's just around the corner that he's going to become the leader of this Anglican church. He made this statement. He believes that modern culture trumps the Bible. He takes the position that the Bible must yield to the cultural beliefs of t- contemporary society on matters of sexual behavior. And while Mr. Cottrell acknowledges that biblical passages speak about sexuality, he believes Bible teaching on the subject should be secondary to 21st century Western beliefs. He says that we know now, or what we know now is not what was known then. I guess God should have waited a while until it could be found out that uh, what we know today isn't what we were taught in the Scriptures. I ran across an article by Francis Schaeffer. This was a man of God. He's been dead. I think he died in the 1989, somewhere around that year. But he said this, The church's accommodation to the spirit of the age would lead to the removal of the last barrier against the breakdown of our culture. To judge the Scripture rather than Scripture judging the culture. And that's exactly what this man that's going to take over the Anglican Church has just proclaimed. That modern culture stands in judgment of Scripture and should be, Scripture should be subject to what is understood by modern man. Now we get a little further understanding concerning this man's spiritual character when we analyze his view on Scripture. What a man believes about God's Word speaks volumes. He admits, now listen to this, he admits that there is the possibility of divine revelation. Just the possibility. But the human mind is the final judge of this revelation. In Jude 4, he tells us that certain men have crept in unnoticed. They came in, posing as believers, they came in, and introduced a minute amount of leaven which has now permeated and consumed entire denominations. If you look, you will find the majority of international seminaries started by Bible-believing men who believed in the errant, inerrant Word of God are now doctrinally unrecognizable from what their founders believed. And according to their own desires... They have itching ears, according to what Second Timothy 4.3 tells us. They have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What they claim the Bible is, nothing but the writing of men's ideas, seeking after God, and fables, folklore, and what have you, is the very thing that they're teaching people today to believe. What they're teaching is Fables. It's man's idea that's corrupted. Pastor Jack Hibbs gives some rock-solid advice to people. I was watching a a video of him the other day, and he was teaching on the 7th Church of Revelation. He says, don't stay in a church that teaches this kind of stuff. Don't think that you're going to change a church that is already mired down in unbelief. He says, don't stay in a church like that Get out of a church like that because you will not change the environment. I think that's good advice. 1 Timothy 4.1 tells us, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Where is this kind of stuff coming from? That same-sex marriage is permissible. And it's good because it helps society to gather together various ideas and we can all live in harmony if we just get rid of these biblical, these ancient documents that condemns these kinds of things. We can all get along much better. Timothy, I think, hit it right on, the nail right on the head because the Spirit of God gave him this that he proclaimed, that these kinds of teachings are given through deceiving spirits and doctrines of of demons. This is what is happening today. Now, when you look at what is happening in our nation, this very hour, all over the United States, I say without doubt that the foundations are being destroyed. We cannot exist with what's going on in our society. And not only in America, but the whole world is in this process of having the foundation removed and destroyed because the world is getting ready for a global government They're they're crying for it. All this crisis is going to bring this about in the future. Nations, people, and governments of the world can have what they built upon removed and taken away, destroyed. We were watching a movie the other night on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Now, he went back to Germany under Hitler's reign, and he was arrested by the Gestapo. They said he would be when he left America to go back to Germany. And all of these people moving shoulder against shoulder, in one accord, announcing that Hitler was their Messiah. They were in power for a period of time, but if you see the old newsreels that's given, you can go on internet and find them, and you look at Germany, and what removing Germany from the foundations that Martin Luther and and men that had given their life for, the Word of God, exchanging that for what Hitler was saying, you can see where the foundations were removed and destroyed. There wasn't anything left, folks, after the war completely destroyed. But there's something that we can say on the authority of God's Word that the foundation, friends, upon which the church of Jesus Christ is built can never be destroyed because it's built upon the solid rock, which nothing can remove. Matthew seven twenty four and 25 says, "'Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them,' I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Notice it says, the rock. Who is the rock? It's Christ Jesus. He's the one. It's built upon a solid rock. It says that the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. I don't care what happens from this point on in America. The church cannot be destroyed and not be crushed and and literally removed from existence because we're built upon the Word of God and upon Jesus Christ, the foundation which the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation were founded on. Jesus talking about the Word of God in Matthew 5.18 says, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. The jot or the tittle is the smallest little mark in the Hebrew writing. Nothing will be cast aside and fall into the ground till everything that God has proclaimed will come to pass. People are saying, what is truth? In John seventeen seventeen, Jesus speaking, he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Sanctify them means to set apart. The church of Jesus Christ is set apart to be a light unto the world today, to be a lamp that men can see what God has offered them, what God calls them to. Jesus said that in this particular chapter and verse, your word is truth. Now, the New English Bible in Psalms 119 verses 160 says, the sum of your word is truth. And you can Mark this down, that the complete sum total, it's a a matter of arithmetic. That's when everything is calculated, everything is is proven out and written out, that the entire sum total of God's Word, the entirety of His Word, is truth. So man has a choice. Are you going to believe God? Are you going to set aside God's Word? Are you going to exchange God's truth for what man? Eternity.